Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Good morning. Thank you for joining us again for the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show. Today I am joined by a friend. I want to say a co-worker, but technically I worked for him. Bob Demlong retired from the Phoenix Police Department as a commander. Uh, I'm just going to call you Commander. Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Now, at some point during this interview, I want to tell the story about when I met you. But for those who don't know you, would you be willing to walk through what drove you towards a career in the police department? Uh, is this something you always wanted to do? And then a little bit about your career in the police department, please. Oh, that, that, that's, it's kind of funny you ask because I was thinking about it the other day. I actually wanted to be a cop since I was in second grade. Um, Do you know why, by the way? I really don't. I think back then that's when Adam 12 was on the air, and I just I, I thought that was the neatest show. Um, some of the stuff they did was neat and probably not very realistic, but it really impressed me. And it, ever since I was second grade, that's what I wanted to do. We had really cool cop shows when we were younger. We, did. we were just talking not about like chips. Yeah, no, yeah, it's like different today. now. Yep. So you saw that in second grade, and then then what happened? Well, I, I, it's always been an interest. Uh, when I got into junior high, uh, or actually high school, I went to the guidance counselor and uh, told her my interest, and she pushed me in the way of the police explorers. And so at, I think I was 14 at the time. I went and uh, went to our old, back then it was our old police station where the museum is today, and uh, I was signed up, did that for about five years until I was 20, actually. And then I applied for the police department, got on the police department. Oh, I didn't know you got on that young. So everybody, uh, 20 years, six months is when you're eligible. So that's you started that early. I, I actually started at yeah, 20 years old. And then you had, and, I, and I'm not asking you your finances, but what I appreciate about you is you had a plan. And here's the greatest compliment I can give you. You always were known as Bob Dunlong, and then your title came after. You never defined yourself by your title because... Obviously, when you retire, titles go away. As you rose through the ranks in the department, was that hard to do? To get rid of a title or to... To not be defined by it. No, because even today when people call me commanders, such as yourself, I always say, I'm just a mister now. I'm, you know, I'm a retiree just like everyone else. Uh, but I do appreciate it. That's out of respect. I do the same thing with uh, former chiefs. Uh, I call them chief, boss to this day, um, just because it's, a to me, a sign of respect to those, those folks. Um, but, uh, I, you know, titles are titles to me. Um, it, it's more about the person and what you, you are and what you do and the example you set. And, um, I, you know, I, I just did never get really fixed on positions. I know other people are, and it's really important to them. But I just, I just like to work, and I just like doing my job. One of the things that I have always appreciated about you, and we've known each other, well, it's been 20-something years by now. Probably longer than that even, yeah. And, I, and I'd love to share when I first met you. But one of the things that I appreciate about you is you looked at your job as your career as a way to serve. And I'm not asking, you know, we don't want to talk about whose faith is what faith, but your faith has always been critical to your career. It's kept you grounded. Your kids have kept you grounded and centered so that your career seemed like it was one part of your life, but it was not your whole life. And the reason I appreciate that so much about you is I try to learn from others if their career or a hobby is their whole existence, then what happens when that when they leave that? And you 
didn't seem to struggle. Can you talk about that when you left? Well, I think a lot of people uh, do the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter the 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 faith you have or um, the activities you had. When you retire, you need to continue most of those things or some of those things. Um, I know a lot of people say, when I retire, I'm going to fish, lift weights, drink beer. You know, that, that all sounds good for the first you know, few days maybe, but it's not realistic. And, and what I've had other people tell me, and I, I tell other people as well, is what you did before you retired, you continue to do after you retired. So if you're act- active in sports or your kids – or maybe your grandkids' um, games. Do the same thing when you're retired. Maybe you can do more of it. Uh, same with church. If you're active in church, you know, give back to your church more of your time, things like that. Many of our officers do. Um, our retirees do that all the time. They're active. If you look at most of them, they're, they're doing something somewhere, whether they're paid part-time uh, or they're volunteering for some organization. So it's, it's kind of neat to see that uh, the police department is just a serving department. And when, when they retire, it just doesn't change. They continue to serve. You- you probably retired at a younger age than many of the people in your life and your friends. So you talk about making your friends and you talk about uh, spending time with people, maybe not necessarily people in your career, but now you find yourself retired on a Monday. Many of your friends are still working. How do you make that adjustment? And I want to be an encouragement to people, whatever career they're in, who are eyeballing retirement. Like, what are the factors you got to think about? Well, I I always been told, and I tell others, you got to have a plan. So it's not unique to me. I've been told that by uh, people much smarter than me, and I just follow their advice. So you have to have a plan when you're going to retire. Uh, I left when I was 50. Um, that was 10 years ago, so I'm almost 60 now. And you have to kind of plan for your medical expenses. So um, you obviously you can't get uh, coverage until you're a certain age, 65. So you have to have a plan for that. A lot of people continue to work. Some people work part-time. Um, there's insurance plans, uh, co-ops out there that you can get as well. You have to also kind of look at how much money do you need to survive and or work or do what you want to do. And I kind of planned it where I just need enough to be happy. I don't need enough to have all these cars, boats, and all these fancy things, just a kind of a simple life. And that way I could leave earlier. And I remember, and I don't know if I discussed it with you in the past, but there was a, a gentleman that did uh, a research project, and he said the younger you leave in high-stress jobs just like this, the healthier you are and the longer you live. So my thought was if I get out sooner than later, I, I get more time on the other <laughs> at the other end more or less, and you remain healthier longer and can do some of those neat things you want to do. And uh, that's kind of the way I looked at things. And, and it's like you know. I'm not telling anything to you or any of your listeners that they don't already know, but it's a very stressful job, and um, it's 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 not something everybody can do, and you just got to be able to handle that stress and and get rid of it some way emotionally. I have a strong family support system to to get through this this career. You, okay, so you brought it up. Talk about stress. So I was out on a scene one night. Uh, you and I were part of something called the Critical Incident Stress Management Team. Right. And that's where I met you. And you said, uh, I, you asked me if I could host a debriefing a couple days later. And I said, you know what? I just got transferred. I have a new lieutenant. Um, thankfully, I didn't say anything bad about him. I said, uh, let me just check with him, but I'm happy to do it. And you asked me where I got transferred. And I told you. And you laughed. And you said, you know, I think you're going to be okay. Um, that night, the way you interacted with the folks, and I still remember it, it impressed me because you didn't come out there as lieutenant. You came out there as Bob. And the people who were going through that stressor really seemed to lean into that. Do you ever miss those opportunities, those engagements? Or now that you're volunteering with the police museum, do you just have a different opportunity to engage with people? Because you're definitely a social guy. 
Well, probably both. Um, the critical incident stress debriefing team was, you know, we respond to police shootings, uh, suicides, any tragic event involving officers, allow them to, to express um, kind of a Band-Aid approach to, to get them through the night so they can get to some uh, actual counseling and things like that. Um, but it was very helpful, I think, to the department and people that we, we did it with. So, I, you know, it was a personal reward for me. And like with you starting the program as well, it's just allowed us to, to reach out to so many people. Um, and then continuing on with the museum as a volunteer, and now I'm a part-time paid as well. Um, it's just, it's something that I feel is important. You know, I'm proud of this department. I've been part of it, like I said, since I was a teenager, basically. And uh, it, it's just something I want to continue on, and, and it's like a business. I don't want to see it fail. Now, you said the museum. What, what's the museum? I apologize. Uh, listeners, I didn't even ask you. The uh, Phoenix Police Museum. So we have a nonprofit museum. Uh, it's located at 17 South 2nd Avenue. And it's actually the, it's at Historic City Hall, but it's, we're in the space that actually was the, the police department from the mid-1920, uh, 1928 till about 1974. And uh, we have a small museum there um, that we have volunteers, retired officers, retired 911 operators, dispatchers that uh, serve as uh, tour guides, things like that. And we've done that for 30 years, and I've been part of it for the whole time. And uh, we've, we don't charge because we don't want to keep anybody from coming in. So we, we, we really like that contact with the public and interaction. Interaction. So what is that? Like, what's the look on people? People probably hear museum and they think, ah, I'm not an art guy. This isn't that, right? I've seen you. There's there's some motorcycles. There's old cars. There's old police equipment. What's there and what's the reaction you get from people as they're walking through? You know, most people come in and they're very supportive of the police. Some people come in, they're just not quite sure. You know, they've seen TV, they've heard things. And my, my thought is if we can just get them in the door, let them talk to us one-on-one, they can form their own opinion, but just talk to somebody. And if you have questions, maybe you can answer, have them answer, you know, hear it from an officer. But we do have, we have a motorcycle, a three-wheeled motorcycle adults and ki- kids can get on. We have a police car in there that the lights come on when you get inside the car. We have a, a little display where you can put on a, a, a mock uh, arrest outfit, uh, prisoner outfit, or you can put on a police uniform as well. Um, so we try to make it somewhat interactive for the kids and adults, as well as uh, we have other displays, historic displays throughout the museum, including our memorial to the 41 Phoenix officers killed in line of duty, which I think I'm very impressed with it. It's very sombering to go in there and uh, and see. Well, and I appreciate two things. One, that you honor the fallen, and two, that you make it interactive because we've all been to, uh, I'll say, a museum or a tour where you you really have to keep your hands in their pockets, and this isn't that. Yes and no. I mean, there's certain parts you can't touch, obviously, like any museum, but we try to make it somewhat uh, um, hands-on for kids and adults, like I said, with the car, the motorcycle. I'll be honest, when the kids come in, that's all they want to do. They want to go on the police heli- uh, police motorcycle or the police car and play cops and robbers or, or police yeah, I've even had teenagers do the same thing. It's actually fun to watch that they they can interact and and feel comfortable in that that scenario. We get a lot of special need kids and adults as well, and we really like to have them there because we know there can be that disconnect out in the uh, street where the, the 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 adults and kids respond a little differently than a normal uh, adult or child might in that circumstance. So coming to the museum, they kind of can break the ice a little bit, try in a uniform, get in a police car. St- talk to a retired officer. We get a lot of on-duty folks in there as well. And, and their a, families. And their families. But if they come in uniform, it's even better because they take the time to, to inter- interact with the folks that are there. Uh, so it really works out well. 
And the irony of the story about me meeting you was we were assigned to the Community Relations Bureau. It was it was called that then. It's not called that now. Uh, and you're still doing community relations. You're still working with the community in that aspect. It's like it's just kind of how you're wired. Has that always been your, your bent in life? You know, I, I've, throughout my career, I worked either patrol investigations or community relations. And I did that in every single rank. And I, I don't know if I purposely did it. It just seemed to work out that way. And it really, to me, it made me uh, more well-rounded by doing that. I, I, I don't want to embarrass you, um, but I really do want to draw this back to you're the guy who always went in and served, regardless of rank, regardless of title. Um, never saw you have to rein people in because people followed you out of respect as a leader. You left that to go start this whole new life, and I couldn't be happier for you, but what advice would you have towards someone easing towards retirement and what do you want your legacy your legacy in this police department to be what do you want to be best remembered for you know i always have a plan first of all i talked about that a little bit earlier um and what i want to be remembered for i don't know really about me but what we what we stand for the department police department so you know the the ethics the the honor of the police department the the commitment they do they do all the things that Officers do, and I say officers, I'm talking about Crime Stop, um, our, our uh, uh, crim- criminal investigators, the people that do crime scene photos, you name it, the, the professional staff. You know, they all are very honorable. And that, that's really what, be, what I would want my legacy to be is what the department's is, is just an outstanding police department that's here for another 100 years. Do you miss it? I do miss it when I see cars stopped, and I know, you know, it's it's a young person's uh, job, and, you know, it's you, you want to be more active, but I realize what limitations are in today's society and the need to be physically able to do all that stuff. Well, I can promise you this. Our career and our community are better because of your service, and I appreciate most about you, that you're not done serving. So thank you for what you're doing at the Police Museum. If anyone wants information about that, how would they find you guys? Best way is our website, phxpdmuseum.org, and that has all the information on the museum. And they can stop down what days, what times? Monday through Friday, 9 to 3. Commander Bob Demlong, thank you not for what you did or not only for what you did, but for who you are. And thank you to you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.